Happy Transformation Tuesday, everybody. It's Dr. Malika, and you are listening to the Transforming Your Life podcast, brought to you on your favorite app. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Podbean, and Anchor. And I am thankful for you guys tuning in another week for another episode. And I'm sure what probably got you tuning in today, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, is our topic. So the topic this week is It's Above Me Now. And um, it makes me chuckle um, because of the origin of the topic. If you haven't seen the viral video of the uh, black man that was working at the hotel front desk, Um, was interacting with a woman who basically called him um, a racial epithet. And she now was in need of getting a room at the hotel where he worked at. And at this point, he was basically refusing her service because of what she said to him over the telephone. And so he was very calm and collected. And he just kept saying to her as she melted down, you know, throughout the conversation, it's above me now, you know, and it was inspiring for a few reasons. And so I want to give you why this is leading me in the direction that I'm going to go with this topic. When a person insults you that way, and I just feel like insulting a person because of their gender, their race, their orientation, um, their religion, anything that is different from you that you may not understand, regardless if you agree or disagree with it, I just feel like it hits you in a different kind of way. But he handled it in a way that inspired me to look at learning how to let go and free yourself because I feel like sometimes we hold on to pain and we hold on to situations that we really can't do anything about. Um, In that moment, he was empowered. He did have the ability to refuse service, which any business has that ability to refuse service to a customer at their discretion. Um, But it wasn't worth him actually getting caught up emotionally in the moment, which I think when people impact you that way or say things like that, they really do want to suck you into the vortex of emotional warfare. They want you to go back and forth with them. And he didn't do that. And so the reason why I wanted to talk about it from this perspective is I feel like a lot of us have had things in our past that have wounded us to a very extreme degree to a very deep level and we hold on to that pain not realizing that holding on to the pain is not going to fix anything the situation has come and gone replaying it over and over again doesn't change what happened wishing for things to be different doesn't make it so really in most of the cases things from the past all you really can do is accept whatever it is and hold on to whatever you've learned as a lesson from the situation and then you have to let it go. And I know that that sounds very simplistic. It is not as simplistic as it sounds. When a person hurts you, letting go of that pain is almost like an emotional blanket that we hold on to to comfort us as we continue to go through life, but we can't detach ourselves from that. Sometimes we get into that victim mode to where we want people to feel sorry for us because of the experiences we've had and holding on to the pain is the emotional blanket to allow us to do that. But I want to give you guys some different perspectives on looking at that and giving give you guys some tips on how to address it. This is going to be basically my 12 step way 
um, to getting you guys to look at letting things go and stop holding on to pain and moving forward. Um, informed, but moving forward. So it doesn't seem like it, but painful feelings are very comfortable. They are. Um, there are ways that we can look at the past, whether it is a bad relationship, a grudge you have with someone, an incident at work, um, an in incident or a situation with a family member where it's impact you deeply. So here's the first tip that I'm going to give you guys when it comes to letting go. You have to understand that the relationship that you thought you had might be different than the ones you actually have. I feel like this is a big one because a lot of times we're in relationships and we picture the relationship and see it a particular way, but that's not actually the relationship we're living in. We're in this fairy tale world. We think it's this. And regardless of what is being shown to us, regardless of the information that's available, we ignore the information for the fantasy. We ignore the information for what we believe that it, it is because of what we've conjured in our mind that this is what the relationship is going to be. Maya Angelou said that when a person shows you who they are, believe them. You have to accept the person for who they are. And you also have to accept yourself for who you are, whether it be in the moment or whether this be after the relationship has ended, you have to accept what it actually is. A lot of times we have a hard time going with what reality is saying. Fantasy is so much better. Social media plays a part in that. People portray the highlights of their life. How often do you really see people putting out there the bad things that are happening? It's always the highlight reel. It's always the stuff that gets us to buy in. And we know that relationships and people are so nuanced that there's never just highs. There's going to be lows. There's going to be some moderate points to where you're just coasting. It's not necessarily good or bad, but you're just coasting through. You have to learn how to be self-aware and also be aware and and have open eyes with your relationships. If you want them to improve, the only way you can improve them is to honestly evaluate them for improvement. You may also have to accept facts about certain people in your life. You may find that the person that you thought was connected to you, the person that you thought was close to you, the person that you thought was a confidant is not that actually is not actually that. And that's a hard place to be. We oftentimes don't want to be lonely or disconnected or not have friends that we're willing to accept bad friends as the alternative. And that's a problem. You don't have to be intimate with every person. You don't have to be close with every person. It's okay to have ranges and, you know, different degrees of relationship with people. You can have associates. You can have those who you're in, in your intimate circle. I'm one that believes that your intimate circle should not be huge because you set yourself up at some point in time to be wounded in a way that may be hard to recover from. So that first tip is to basically understand the relationship that you have. Understand that the relationship you have compared to what you wanted it to be is not always the same thing. The next one, don't be invested in an outcome when it comes to dealing with people because that more than likely is going to lead to disappointment. If you go in with expectations, expectations are basically the mother of disappointment. Anytime you expect something, you set a bar for a desire of what you have. You set a picture for what you want it to look like. If it does not look like that picture, people have a hard time dealing with the reality of the situation. 
our expectations have a way of keeping us stuck. It keeps us in fear of certain outcomes. It keeps us to a point where we're blind or don't want to accept what the reality is. And we have to realize that there's no guarantees in life, none. There's nothing that we can do um, with the outcomes to make the outcomes we really desire when it comes to dealing with other people. I'll give you this analogy. I like to drive. Um, it's one of those things that I like to do, number one, because I like the freedom to be able to get up and go whenever I want to. Um, and people in my family know I have no problem saying I'm about if we're at an event. That's just me. Um, but I like driving and having the freedom to go. But the one thing I consider myself to be, yes, I like to drive fast. So I got a lead foot, y'all. But I'm pretty cautious in how I drive. I used to drive professionally. So um, I am a defensive driver. But in all of that, I cannot control the other drivers on the road. The same thing with relationships. We think we're good. We're a great friend. We're a great sister. We're a great brother. We're a great whatever, parent, child. But you can't control the other person in the relationship. And so you have to understand that because you can't control the other people that you're dealing with, having expectations is only setting yourself up for failure. Having expectations and the needs not being met is only going to make you feel a particular type of way. So what you have to do is look at the situations honestly and respond rationally and appropriately to what is actually occurring. Sometimes it means you have to set up boundaries respectfully. Other times it means you have to let go completely of the relationship altogether. But what you have to understand is that life is one of those things that is unexpected. You're living, you plan. Yes, you have goals. Yes, you make steps to work towards that. But even in all of that planning, even with all that goal setting, you can't control what comes at you. So you have to live life according to how it comes. Let's take a break. That was only two of my 12 steps. And when I come back, we'll get into more of this on Transforming Life podcast. And we're back, guys. We are talking about it's above me now. It's above me now. So we're talking about the ability to let things go, let situations go, let go of the pain in order for you basically to free yourself and allow yourself to have personal freedom that's not dictated by others, but it's dictated by you and allowing yourself to live your best life. So before um, in the last segment, I gave you guys two of the 12 steps that I said I was going to give you guys. So let's get into some more of these. This third one deals with live, not living in chains when you have the ability to dictate what you want for yourself. A lot of times we live, we're self-limiting in our beliefs of what we're able to do. And we allow those limits to define who we are. We'll see people do something, and I've often said this when I see a person do something, I'll say, man, I would never be able to do that. Or I, I could never make that happen in my life. That would never happen for me. And what starts to happen is you start to actually live and embody those beliefs, those self-limits that you'll not be able to accomplish whatever that thing might be. Not realizing that we're truly remarkable and you can accomplish any goal if you set your mind to it you plan it out and you take the action you can accomplish your goal you have to be able to open up your mind 
a big part of it is believing in yourself. And it seems easy to say, but you really do have to believe that you have the ability to be anything that you choose to be. I posted on my Instagram account last week, um, I teach psychology. So, and, and also in addition to having clients, um, I teach psychology at the community college and college level. And one of the things we have to, to learn when they get to chapter two in their textbook is neurotransmitters. And I remember taking psychopharmacology in my PhD program and feeling like it was just, I wasn't smart enough to get this. And this is me saying it, being an honor student, graduating with honors, doing well in my programs prior to this, that I didn't think that I would ever be able to get a grasp of it. And the fact that I now have to teach this to students in a way to where they understand it, which means I have to have a really good grasp of it in order to give it to someone else, allowed me to see the progress of where I've come from. And it made me appreciative and it made me look at myself in the way of believing that I can do anything that I set my mind to, I'm not limited. And that was one of those examples of showing myself that I had the ability to do that. So you have to let go of the chains. Don't allow yourself or anyone else to tell you that you cannot do it. It's up to you to not only to prove others wrong, but to also prove yourself wrong. And I guarantee you that you will feel such a freedom on the other side of that. Beyond the accomplishment, you will feel amazing on the other side of that. Next step or next tip is letting go of the idea that you can control other people. We only have control over ourselves. I often say this, no matter how bad a person treats you, no matter how a person acts towards you, you only can control yourself. So what you have to focus on is not trying to change people because all you're doing is wasting your time and your energy. The biggest thing I think with this is that we push people and we push them dealing with their unhelpful behaviors like the need to please. So we think we can change them by giving in to them and pleasing them that that will allow them to change who they are or we can make you into what we consider to be the person that's compatible with us. We can make our kids into what we consider to be the, the model kid or the, the child that we wanna have. And the reality is just how you shaped and formed on your own with your life experiences and the reflections of the people that have been around you, this happens with other people too. You cannot make a person be anything, period. You can't control another person, period. Go back to my driving your car analogy. As much as I want people to drive faster, as much as I want people to, that, who drive slow to get in the slower lane and not the fast lane, I can't control them. What I can do, not get frustrated and find a way to go around them and just go on about my life. Sometimes I feel like we try to control what we want, the stuff we can't control. We try to control those things and we get frustrated when things don't go the way we want them to. That is a problem. So you can't control people. Let it go and stop getting mad because the reality is you will be frustrated if you keep trying to do this. Number five, only worry about what you think of yourself. What other people think about you is none of your business. And I say that in the most polite way as I can. The, the, the crude me would say, mind your business. It, it doesn't matter what people think about you. All that matters is what you think about you. You're with yourself 100% of the time. 
No one knows you better than you. So what matters is how you view yourself. Free yourself from being controlled by what other people think. Prioritize how you feel about yourself above everybody else. Mahatma Gandhi once said that happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. You have to learn how to have a harmonious coexistence between how you feel about yourself, the things that you speak, and the things that you're doing. They need to all work together. You can't live by your values if you're living to be approved by other people. Because what will happen is you're now subjecting yourself to living according to what their standards are and not by your code that you have. If you believe in a particular thing and you have a particular system that you agree with, you need to make sure that you live by that. Some people will not understand it and some people will not like it. This was helpful for me because I realized that a lot of times I judge people by the standard and code that I have for my life and I can't do that. I have to allow people to be who they are because they have their own value system, they have their own belief system. What I can do is treat people respectfully because every person deserves respect. Um, until they've proven to you that they don't deserve it, then you should give it to them initially. Um, now, it changes when they show you that they're not a respectful person. That's a different conversation. But just worry about what you think about yourself and stop living for other people and stop allowing other people to dictate what happens with you. This sixth one is a big one. Leave room for mistakes. None of us are perfect. None of us will ever be. Um, we're all going to make a mistake or mistakes with the S. We're going to do something stupid. It's okay. What's stupid if you don't learn from the experience, right? I believe that every experience has a learning lesson in it. It has a life lesson. And you need to make sure that you're finding out what can I learn from this experience and not repeat the same thing. It doesn't make you stupid to say something wrong, to say something silly. What it does is it makes you human. And sometimes you'll say something and people will laugh because how do you not, they'll be like, well, how do you not know that? Like, really? Did you just say that? Hey, it might actually be humorous. So it might not always be as bad as you look at the situation. But allow yourself to be flawed because we are all flawed. We're gonna all make mistakes. We're gonna all say the wrong thing at some point in time. We're gonna all do the wrong thing at some point in time. We're gonna all make bad decisions. What's important is that you learn from those bad decisions. Number eight, don't take yourself too seriously. Enough said. I mean, we live life doing some very serious stuff. Like literally, life is serious. You got bills to pay. If you're a parent, you got children to raise. You have obligations at your job. You have other types of obligations depending on the things that you're involved in. You have to allow yourself to have time where you're not being serious. Relax, enjoy the journey, laugh at yourself, make time for yourself. You have to have this because it's really, really important to maintaining a healthy emotional balance and also giving yourself the ability to physically recharge because that's another component in this. A lot of times people get into this mode of work, 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 all work, no play, and they don't realize is that the play is what allows your battery to recharge, allows you to recover and come back, basically, you know, you feel like this reinvigoration that's happening in you. You need to allow that. 
I'm going to give one more and then I'll take a break. Well, let's push through. Let's go ahead and push through this. Here's another tip for learning how to let go and not being caught up in trying to control things. Do what scares you. I feel like fear holds you back from so many great experiences in life. Um, I am a fan of Will Smith. Like I've always been a fan of him as an actor and an artist, but I follow him on Instagram. And since he's been on there, I feel like he's one of those inspiring and entertaining follows. Like no exaggeration. He's going to post something. Number one is going to be hilarious. So you're going to laugh because it's Will. Um, but he's also posted some stuff that he's done that I feel like is inspiring. And he has said that when he turned 50, he decided that he was no longer going to allow fear to hold him back from, back from having life experiences. Fear will hold you back from doing a lot of things. It closes your mind to possibilities. It locks you into your comfort zone. The comfort zone is easy to be in. That's why it's called a comfort zone. It's comfortable. What you want to do is push yourself beyond your limits because you do not know what you can accomplish if you don't push yourself beyond your limits. I was an athlete. I ran track. There was many a days when I was running an event and I got to that final stretch, the final 50 meters of a run, and I was gassed, but I had to push beyond what was comfortable. It would have been comfortable to stop. But if I wanted to actually place and do well, I had to push beyond that. And so you have to do that with life. You've got to do the things that scare you. Fear gives you doubt. It gives you what ifs, but it also imprisons you. And you want to make sure that you don't allow fear to basically take residence inside of you. If you do what scares you, you'll find that you'll be growing. You'll find that you'll be successful because you'll accomplish things that you might not have been able to do if you had not pushed yourself. It just puts you in a place that's just good for you. And so push and do what scares you. Number 10, express what works for you. I often tell my clients that they need to find their voice. Um, I tell my students this too. You have to communicate what you're thinking, what you're feeling, but do it in a rational way. Let people know if something doesn't work for you. It's okay to be like, no, nah, that's not going to work for me. Um, I say it a lot. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. Yeah, that doesn't work. It's okay to say that, but say it in a way that's rational so that the person can receive what it is that you're saying. If you continue to communicate with people about what works for you and doesn't work for you, you're no longer bottling up your emotions. You're no longer this powder keg that's holding on to feelings until you explode. But you're case by case, point by point, expressing the things that you need in order for you to do what it is that you're doing. And expressing yourself gives you a freedom that I cannot communicate the how freeing it is I probably will not be able to articulate that to you but once you start expressing yourself you will find that there is like a weight lifted I remember I had a hard time telling people no if people asked me to do something even if I didn't want to do it I knew it was going to put strain on me to do it I knew if I didn't have time and then I would be basically dragging because I did it I would still say yes Learning the word no was probably the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. Like literally just being able to tell people, no, I'm not going to be able to do that and not feeling bad about it. You can't do everything. You can't go to every event. You can't be at every, every, you, listen, stop having FOMO, fear of missing out. It's going to be okay if you don't go to that event. 
there'll be another one. There'll be another experience. You'll see pictures, but you'll have experience where you'll go places and post pictures and people weren't with you. So everybody's going to have moments that they weren't there for. Um, I'll give you an example. My family reunion is this weekend and I wanted to go to Essence so bad. Like literally I had already planned it out to go to Essence and it's the 25th anniversary. Some of the, the artists that I love are doing live recordings. First Lady Michelle Obama is going to be there. Like there's a whole list of things of why I wanted to go, but I'm sacrificing that to spend time with my family. You know, the fact that my dad has been passed away for two years, the ability to spend time with each other becomes more important. And all my siblings are actually going to the family reunion. It's in California. It's within driving distance. So like, I really have no excuse. And I get to see family members that I don't get to see regularly. So I'm sacrificing that. Will I see pictures and be like, man, I wish I could have been there? Probably so, but it's okay. I'll get over it because I realized that you're not missing out just because you don't go. You can have other life experiences that'll be awesome and Essence will be there another year. And if I'm still around, I can do that. So I have to weigh in the moment. Sometimes things are more important than others. And this thing is more important. Last two, allow yourself to feel negative emotions. Now, a lot of times we want to have the upbeat, positive emotions because we know what the effect and what it does for us from a psychological and a physical standpoint. But you have to allow yourself to feel those other negative emotions, loss, grief. You have to feel those things. Now, what ends up happening is when you try to ignore those feelings that you actually extend your suffering. Loss is difficult, but it's part of life. You have to allow yourself to be hurt. You have to allow yourself to be sad. By allowing yourself to feel, you start to deal with the process of grieving or the process of loss, which allows you to actually go through the different stages, however your stages look, and allow yourself to go through into the process. I say this as a person that is still grieving. Like two years later, what my grief looks like today is not what it looks like two years ago. It looks different. Um, two years ago on this day, we were getting ready to bury my dad, like literally five days from now, we would bury him on July the 7th. So it just looks totally different than it did for us back then. Um, so you have to allow yourself to feel that because letting yourself feel and go through the process allows you to start the process of moving forward. Let me give this caveat. It does not allow you to forget. You don't get over the loss of a person that's important to you. But what you do is you move forward your normal changes and you make the adjustment. And so it's important for you to feel those things so that you can do it. The last one. This is big. You guys know I've been preaching on this one. This is what I'm writing a book about learning how to forgive. You got to learn forgiveness. Resentment and your unwillingness to forgive will keep you locked up. It keeps you locked in the past. It stops you from moving forward. And when you forgive, you free yourself. You're not doing it for the other person. You're doing it for yourself. You release yourself and allow yourself to let it go. Um, I'm a huge fan of Carl Jung. And he had a lot of life lessons and quotes that he said. One of the quotes he said is, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Stuff can happen to you. People can do things to you, but you are not that. You are what you choose. So yes, someone can try to harm you. You don't have to be subject to that. You don't have to allow that to consume you. 
There's lessons in every experience. Try to let go of what's holding you back and allow yourself to take the lesson and to move on and live your life. Forgive people. You'll probably realize that the pain that you were holding on to, those emotions that you were holding on to, you're not your pain. You're not those feelings. You're not those past experiences. You start to associate in a negative way yourself with those hurtful things that have happened to you or the mistakes that you've made or the unforgiveness that you're holding on to. Allow yourself to let your, to let that stuff go. And being able to let go requires a strong sense of self. It requires you to know yourself, be self-aware and be at a deeper place. There's a morality in forgiveness, a morality that is higher than what feels innately like the thing to do. It means doing the right thing, regardless of how it feels. And so forgiveness allows you to do that. And it also allows you to have the ability to learn and grow from your life experiences. So those are my 12 steps, guys. Hopefully something was said um, that was helpful that you can learn from and apply. Apply these 12 tips to allowing yourself to let go. And sometimes you might have to say to yourself, it's above me now. Um, remember, you can find me on social media. I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And my handle is Dr. Malika Speaks, M-A-L-A-I-K-A. You can also reach me by email at drmalikaspeaks at gmail.com. And I look forward to interacting and hearing from you. As I always say, be good to yourself and be good to others. Have a great rest of your week and have an awesome 4th of July. Bye.